48K News. Good afternoon. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The League of Social Democrats chairman and the chairman of Demosisto received suspended sentences for their role in a protest at Beijing's liaison office in 2016. The deputy chair of LegCo Security Panel urges the police to reconsider the plan to allow off-duty officers to carry extendable batons. A new study raises concern over the lingering health threat from tear gas, particularly in confined areas. And Beijing confirms it's detained a Taiwanese man whose family are worried he was arrested because he backed the Hong Kong protests. The League of Social Democrats chairman Avery Ng and Demosisto's chairman Ivan Lam have each received a two-week suspended jail sentence for incitement and illegal assembly convictions over a protest outside Beijing's liaison office in Western in 2016. West Kowloon Magistracy heard that the activists charged towards the police cordon set up during the protest, which was against Beijing's interpretation of the basic law. A former president of Lingnan University's student union, Cheng Poi Lun, also received a two-week suspended jail sentence for taking part in the unauthorised protest. Five other participants in the demonstration have been ordered to carry out 60 to 100 hours of community service. Mr Ng spoke after the sentencing. I have to stress that uh, the whole case, uh, even the judgment, we do not agree. Uh, we believe that this is a selective prosecution and also the unlawful use of uh, force by the police uh, and the coordination of the, the march, uh, coupled with uh, many elements uh, that uh, makes, made this case uh, to the court. The deputy chair of LegCo's security panel has called on the police to think twice before allowing off-duty officers to carry extendable batons. James Toe says he's worried the move would intensify the level of conflict in the community. He urged the police to explain clearly why they're handing 10,000 extendable batons to off-duty officers. The police said earlier that the batons are being distributed because of what they call escalating violence on the part of some anti-government protesters, but didn't elaborate. They also insist that clear guidelines are in place for their use. If the officer do declare the identity of a police and use a baton on, say, a, a youngster, the other people don't know the uh, background, so maybe what they know is that an elder person is beating a youngster and they will rush to have a fight with this officer uh, without knowing his identity. So this will create possible um, serious conflict. I urge uh, the police to rethink again. And a spokesperson for Human Rights Monitor, Claudia Yip, also expressed concerns, saying it's not clear what the police are trying to achieve. Are police officers off-duty with police batons now allowed to use the batons? On, 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 on whatever offences or situations they come across. I still don't understand what purpose it would serve. And it would definitely raise the worry that police and use of violence unchecked would continue to increase. A group of chemical engineers say they've found that residue from tear gas components can linger up to three weeks in areas where it's been used by police. Some 30 chemical engineers made the discovery after testing samples from Admiralty, Shengwan, Kowloon Bay, Chunwan and Shamshui Pole. They also found that the components could spread as far as 250 metres from the site of police protester clashes. Michael Lee is one of the chemical engineers spearheading the study. He urged the police to stop using tear gas in poorly ventilated locations and to dispose of used canisters properly. 
since the tear gas will be uh, dispersed to uh, quite far locations, depends on the uh, air ventilations. So, for example, in Chinwan Park, we have received some quite a number of readings with CS chemicals, which is most likely in the children areas. Here is the uh, bicycle park in Chinwan areas, and here is some the tennis court. We have record a number of uh, samples. We were worried that those CS chemicals may stick on those facilities in those public areas. Once those trials or those uh, elderly doing the exercise in theirs will be contaminated by the CS and to harm to their health. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, has taken the opportunity to try to restore international business confidence in the SAR amid recent social unrest. She took to the stage at the Belt and Road Summit at the Convention, of Ex Convention and Exhibition Centre this morning, causing a stir because her name wasn't on the programme. In her opening speech, she said she's confident Hong Kong can return to stability and prosperity through the efforts of the government and the people. My fervent hope is that we can bridge our divide by steadfastly upholding the one country, two systems principle and the basic law. And through the concerted efforts of the government and the people of Hong Kong, we can find our way back to recent discussion. So the social stability essential to the long-term stability and prosperity and well-being of us all. I'm confident we can do just that. Hong Kong, after all, has been built and rebuilt time and again on our indomitable resilience. Call it the spirit of Hong Kong and know that it will see us through. The summit was jointly organised by the Trade Development Council and the SAR government. The High Court has refused to hear a legal challenge over the Chief Executive's refusal to set up an independent probe into alleged police brutality in the ongoing anti-extradition protests. The bid was submitted by Kwok Chuk Kin, known as the King of Judicial Reviews. Judge Anderson Chow says there's no realistic chance for Mr Kwok's case to succeed. That's because the power to appoint a commission of inquiry rests with the chief executive in council, not the courts. The judge also said it can't be reasonably contended that Carrie Lam is under a legal duty to appoint a commission and that she's breached such a duty for not doing so. Beijing has confirmed that mainland authorities have detained a Taiwanese man who was reported missing after travelling to Hong Kong last month, saying he suspected of crimes endangering national security. Li Mengchu was believed to have arrived in Hong Kong on August the 18th before crossing the border into Sunjun on August the 20th. Family and friends say they haven't heard from him since August the 20th and were worried he might have been detained because he supported the anti-government protests in Hong Kong. Ma Xiaoguang, a spokesman for the Taiwan Affairs Office, said at a regular media briefing in Beijing that Mr Lee is under investigation. The DAB has criticised the government for what it called its turtle-like speed finding land for public housing. It pointed to the widened shortfall of nearly 70,000 public flats for the government's long-term housing strategy target. The party is joining its pro-democracy rivals in urging the government to use the land resumption ordinance to take back private land for public housing development. The DAB chair, Starry Lee, says her party has always supported using this law for housing development. We would like to send a strong message to the government. There is a need to quicken the process and the use or the more active use of this ordinance is one of the possible solutions. Otherwise, we can't see how the government can fill the gap. 
More than 600 tenants at Cyberport will see their rent cut by half from next month. The management company of the business park said the six-month campaign was in response to the relief measures earlier announced by the government. The company's chairman, George Lamb, said he hoped the move would help ease the financial pressure faced by startups. Beijing has officially appointed Hou Yat-seng as the next chief executive of Macau. Mr Ho received an appointment letter from Premier Li Keqiang in Beijing today. He'll be sworn in on December the 20th. The former president of the Legislative Assembly will meet President Xi Jinping later today. Turning overseas, Arab countries have condemned a pledge by the Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu that if he's re-elected next week, he'll apply Israeli sovereignty over the Jordan Valley. The move would effectively annex a large part of the occupied West Bank. The Palestinian Authority's chief international negotiator, Saeb Erekat, said such a move would bury any prospect of peace for 100 years. An accession of occupied territories is a war crime. So Mr Netanyahu and those who help or aid Mr. Netanyahu in such a vision of annexing Jerusalem, annexing Hebron, annexing the Jordan Valley, the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, and then keeping Palestinians in their small towns and villages as prisoners without any freedom, uh, that is a war crime. President Donald Trump has fired his national security advisor, the hawkish John Bolton. Uh, Mr Bolton is the third person to be dismissed from the job in three years. The two men were rumoured to have taken opposing positions on virtually every major foreign policy issue. Here's the BBC's Peter Bowes with more. Eighteen years after the September the 11th attacks on the United States, this most sombre of anniversaries appears to have been pivotal to the final big disagreement between John Bolton and Donald Trump. The now former National Security Advisor objected in the strongest terms to a meeting last weekend with the Afghan Taliban at the presidential retreat Camp David. The talks with a US-designated terrorist group days before the anniversary would, according to Mr Bolton, have set a terrible precedent. Scientists have found the earliest direct evidence of milk consumption by prehistoric farmers from Britain. The research team identified milk protein within the dental plaque of teeth found at separate sites in England. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. The researchers, led by archaeologists at the University of York, examined the remains of ancient Britons at three Neolithic sites. It was a period that saw the emergence of farming in Britain, with the use of domesticated animals as well as crops such as wheat and barley. At all three sites, they identified the presence of milk proteins from cows, sheep or goats in the dental plaque of early farmers, despite not having the ability to digest lactose. The scientists say they may have got around their intolerance by processing it in other foodstuffs, such as cheese, which removes most of the lactose. Brazilian scientists say a newly identified species of electric eel packs the most powerful electric discharge of any known animal. They made the discovery while investigating whether the eel was in fact a single species as previously thought. One type, known as Electrophorus volti, packs a shocking charge of 860 volts. To business news, South Korea has filed a complaint with the World Trade Organization over Japan's decision to impose export curbs on vital supplies for Seoul's technology industry. The move is the latest escalation in a bitter trade and diplomatic row rooted in the two countries' wartime history. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 27,067. That's 380 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $45 billion. 
To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.7 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 10 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 68 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. England's football team maintained their 100% record in qualifying for Euro 2020. They beat Kosovo in a high-scoring match at Southampton. There were also wins for Portugal, Serbia, Turkey and France. The BBC's Matt Faruqi has details. There were eight goals and a penalty miss by captain Harry Kane as England beat Kosovo 5-3 at Southampton St Mary's ground. Kosovo, who came into the match on a 15-game unbeaten run, took the lead through Val and Barisha in the opening minute. But goals from Raheem Sterling, Kane, a pair from Jadon Sancho and an own goal gave England a comfortable half-time lead before the visitors added two more in the second half. England, with a game in hand, then topped the Group A table by three points from the Czech Republic who won 3-0 in Montenegro. Cristiano Ronaldo took his international tally to 93 goals when he scored four times to give Portugal a 5-1 win away to Lithuania. Playing as 161st international, the 34-year-old notched his eighth hat-trick for his country. The European champions are second in Group B, five points behind Ukraine, but with a game in hand. Serbia, who won 3-1 in Luxembourg, are a further point back, having played a game more than Portugal. Turkey lead France on goal difference at the top of Group H after both won. Cenk Tosun scored twice as Turkey won 4-0 in Moldova. The France forward Kingsley Coman scored his third goal in two matches as he inspired the host to a 3-0 win against Andorra. Somalia were three minutes away from reaching the group stage of World Cup qualifying in Africa, but were denied in a dying moment by a late Zimbabwe winner. The BBC's John Bennett has more. They got so close, closer than I ever thought they would. Somalia minutes away. They were minutes away from one of the biggest upsets in recent international football history. In the 85th minute, Omar Mohamed looked to have made history for them. He made it 1-1 on the day. He scored an away goal for Somalia in Harare against Zimbabwe. Looked to have sent them through. Zimbabwe at that point looked down and out. They needed to score two goals in five minutes. Credit to Zimbabwe, though. Uh, staring at what would have been a humiliating defeat. They turned things around. Admiral Musque of Leicester City made it 2-2 on aggregate. They still needed one more to win it. And Karma Biliat, perhaps their star player, he scored the winner in the 92nd minute. So, so close, Somalia. I, I think this could be the start of something special for them, but they couldn't just pull off the historic win. In golf, the United States have suffered a setback on the eve of the Solheim Cup against Europe, which gets underway on Friday. One of their most experienced players, the 2013 British Open winner Stacey Lewis, has pulled out of the event with a back injury. She'll be replaced by the rookie Ali McDonald. The 16th edition of the event takes place at Glen Eagles in Scotland. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Adam. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. A sunny morning. The smell of freshly baked pineapple buns. The ding-ding of a tram as we head to work. Neighbors laughing. The beguiling beauty of our harbor and skyline. This wonderful city has been built with the love and sweat of everyone. Treasure Hong Kong, our home.
She's never afraid 